Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan, I'm Toby Altizer. That's Adam Roberts. We're live here from the Lakeland University studios. Lakeland University is now offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. So here's what I want to talk about today. Because Brewers head out to Boston to take on the Red Sox at Fenway Park. So have you ever taken a trip to go see your team? Is there a bucket list stadium you've got to get to? One of those sort of things. You can always call in if you like to at our new phone number, 414-677-1250. One more time for you, 414-677-1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. I'm interested to hear from you guys because I'm sure there's some of you, maybe not listening right now, but I'm sure there's some of you that are out in Boston and out there checking out Fenway Park, maybe for the first time with the crew heading out there. I saw that some people have tweeted that they saw plenty of Brewers fans out there in the Boston area. So I'm sure there's going to be a good following of the crew out there. Let us know if you're out there, what's your thoughts of you know the area? Or if you're going to the Fenway Park for the first time, you're excited, let us know. Give us a call again, 414-677-1250. And make sure you never miss a moment from Sparky's Midday Madness ever again. You can download Sparky's Midday Madness the podcast and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. Cause I think this is going to be an exciting series to watch. And teams that are out East and they get to play, you know, whether it's the Yankees or whatever, they get to play at Fenway park all the time. It's, it's special, but it's Fenway, right? You get to see it all the time. Well, you have not seen Fenway park for the Milwaukee Brewers since 2014. 2014 was the last time that the Brewers played out at Fenway Park. And so this is going to be the first time ever that Craig Council has managed out there. The last time they played out there at the beginning of the year, April 4th through the 6th in 2014, the Brewers won all three games, and the Red Sox were getting their rings from winning the 2013 World Series. So it's been a long time since they've been out there. They haven't even played the Red Sox, just in general, whether at Fenway or at American Family Field since 2017, and the Brewers won that series 2-1. to Tonight, they finally get things underway against the Boston Red Sox, but I want to hear from you guys in terms of looking at stadiums that you really want to get to, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, college, whatever it is, 
Is there a stadium that stands out immediately to you that you want to get to, or maybe you've had a great experience going on a road trip? I know Bart talks about he takes road trips with some buddies all the time to watch the Packers. I think their plan is to go out to Buffalo this year. Have you guys ever gone on a trip like that? We'd love to know, 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. See, I've never gone on a trip to go see one of my teams. I'd love to go do that. And I'd love to have been out in Boston today or this weekend to see Fenway Park, go see the Brewers there, because I want to get to Fenway. That's on my bucket list. I think Fenway is up there for me. The other one that I want to get to in baseball is... PNC Park out in Pittsburgh, and I want to go to San Francisco. And there's something unique about all those stadiums, but there's something special about Fenway Park and the history and the Green Monster and all the people that have played at Fenway Park that just makes it so special. And getting to go out there and see your team play at that park has got to be super awesome. So if you got to go out there, I'm excited. I'm kind of jealous of you. But then looking at some of the other sports, you know, football's weird because I don't know that there's a whole lot of stadiums that you feel like are bucket list I've got to get to. Obviously, the big one is the home of the Packers, Lambeau Field, and I've been there multiple times, and it feels special every time I go there. Last time I went, last season, caught myself just staring around the stadium and taking it all in and enjoying some of the history that you know took place at the historic venue Lambeau Field. And so I can only imagine what that's like if you go to Fenway, maybe even go down to Wrigley, which I haven't been to Wrigley, so I'll have to make sure I get down there at some point. But there, stadiums are fun to get to. I think the other one that I want to, if we're looking at basketball, I definitely want to go to Madison Square Garden and take in a game there. I'd love to see what that atmosphere is like and just see, you know, in New York, watch a Knicks game at the at the garden I think that'd be really special. You know, some of these older stadiums that have gone on, it's sad cuz you like some of the history of those things, but I'd love to see some of these new stadiums too, but there's just something special when you have an older stadium that has all that history as a part of it and you get to just feel like you're walking into a decades gone by. You know, you walk into Fenway Park, you walk into Wrigley Field and it's 2022, but it doesn't feel like it. You know, it feels like you're taking a step back in time, and I think that's kind of awesome. So I just wish that I could at least be at Fenway Park and just see what's going on. I would love that. But I, what do you guys think? Where do you want to go see? What stadiums do you want to see? I'd have to think a little bit more about some college stadiums. Maybe Cameron Indoor at Duke I think would be interesting. Maybe there's some football stadiums you want to check out, but Whatever you want to talk about with this, like Fenway Park, an iconic venue. The Brewers head there for the first time in eight years. Is there a stadium you want to go to? Is there something that's on your bucket list? 414-677-1250. Let's get out to Brian, who is in South Milwaukee. Brian, what's going on? Hey, guys. Um, Yeah, back in 2006, uh, it was over the Labor Day weekend. Um, I, I met my buddy out east. He lives out on the east coast. so. I flew into New York City and we caught a, uh, a a Yankees game at the old Yankee Stadium on Friday night. Then we uh, left just a little bit before the game ended, drove up to Boston, and the next day, the next evening, we caught a game at uh, Old Fenway. So that, that was a outstanding trip. Uh, I, I loved Fenway Park. Uh, I actually liked it better than the old Yankee Stadium, to be honest with you. But both are, you know, of course, we're nostalgic uh, stadiums and so forth. So, where'd you, where'd you and, sit? And then the... I also... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I also uh, I also had the uh, opportunity to, to see old Tiger Stadium, too. So I, I got to see three really old, iconic stadiums, which was neat. Where'd you sit at those games? Where'd you sit for Fenway Park? Because I think that's... Well, I'd love to go and sit on top of the yeah. Green Monster. But I think that's well, a little bit too exclusive and probably a little too much. Yeah. Yeah, what we did is we sat down the first baseline, uh, okay. kind of almost um, in the corner there. But then we saw some seats right behind the dugout on the third base side that had been open for like innings and innings. So we went down there and, and sat like about five five rows up or so down there. So so that was really neat. Uh, you know, a, a great opportunity. Um, and, and I would I would give any I would tell anybody to go out to uh, 
to Boston and see Fenway because it, it is just a, a really a neat facility and it's a neat how they they have it set up before the game. They close down Yawkey Way right there and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know it becomes a concourse for the stadium is what it really becomes. What's your favorite stadium you've been to? Um, I, I think probably Fenway. Um, like I said, I liked it better than the old Yankee Stadium. The old Yankee, the runways underneath of the concourses were they were just so narrow and and pretty crowded. Uh, but I mean, obviously, it's just historic and so forth. So I, I would say Fenway is probably my favorite stadium. Brian, appreciate it, man. You bet. Four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. If you want to hop in on the conversation here, let's get out to Matt in the Falls. Matt, what's going on? Toby, what's going on? Matt? Um, I wanted to call in, and uh, so I've traveled to see the Packers four times. Okay, where'd you and go? They were all memorable. They're all memorable for different reasons, and I can get them to. Uh, I can get to them quickly. So I saw them uh, play the Jets in New York uh, one time, and it was a nine to zero game. That was the most boring football game I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> And then there was another time where I traveled to Tampa, and the I might be off by a game or two here, but the seven and one Packers lost to the zero and seven Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was in like two thousand nine. Okay. And then I traveled to Chicago and watched the uh, John Fox challenge his own. Uh, I think it was either a touchdown or a fumble recovery, but he challenged his own uh, play, <laughs> and it got reversed in our favor. And uh, then. Um, See, that was three. Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was 11, we went to Super Bowl 31 in New Orleans. Oh, that's cool. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was It was pretty great. We flew down there on, like, the spur of the moment thing, and uh, it was amazing. And uh, how, So how long well, was it? No, the, 96, the 96 team will always be my favorite team ever for that reason. How long uh, ago was it that you went to Soldier Field? It was a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, it was a couple years ago. It was like 33 degrees and raining, and yeah. it was it was dreadful. The, the The stadium was like half full. Bears fans are just pathetic. Well, so I need um, some I need some advice on like where to sit because I'm gonna go to a game at Soldier Field this year. They take on my Commanders on Thursday night. Well, you football. got you got to sit underneath. I think it's on the north side of the the field. Uh, it's like under it's covered and it's underneath and it's nicer there. Are, that's where like the boxes are. And then there's another side where it's just like straight up grandstand style. But the uh, the the lower part of the upper section would not be bad either if you're looking for a, a good old view of the whole place. All right, y'all have to check it out. Appreciate it, Matt. Yep. Talk to you later. 414-677-1250 if you want to hop in. The other one, I think I am going to go on a road trip. This will be my first one that I've ever done. My buddy is a Colts fan, and I have a friend that lives down in Indy. And he actually lives in Green Bay, my buddy, who's a Colts fan. And they play the Commanders this year. So I think me and a buddy, he's going to come down from Green Bay, and we're going to drive down to Indy and check out that game. Your buddy would be good fans with Sparky. There are a lot of Colts fans that I've noticed from around here. I don't know if it's the proximity to Indianapolis. Maybe it's just a little different flavor than being a Packers fan your whole life. It's just something I've noticed. Well, my buddy's from Illinois, and he's just a fan of Peyton Manning. So that's kind of how oh, okay. he ended up being a fan of that team. But, I, yeah, I mean, don't blame him. I love Peyton Manning. So have you ever taken a trip to go see a team? Any maybe going up to you've seen a Maple Leafs game anywhere or anything like that? Unfortunately, no. I have never seen my beloved Maple Leafs in person because really? we are historically the most expensive team to go and see. doesn't matter if you're home or away. I keep telling myself, self, I say, you got to go to the United Center to see them play yeah, the Blackhawks. Yeah, go down to Chicago or even go up to Minnesota. Right now, I am saving for a wedding, so a trip to see the so Maple go Leafs see play. So go see the Leafs! At what, $100 <laughs> for a nosebleed yes, seat? Yes, dude, who cares, man? You got anything big coming up? Spoken like a true single guy. <laughs> have you been to any historic stadiums, though? Obviously, yes. Lambeau Field. Yes, I have. Well, actually... I have been to Lambeau for a number of things, but I've only been, as I have said before, to one actual Packer game in my life. Yep, 2008, a sort of forgettable game against the Houston Texans. That was all I had. But I have been to Wrigley. I think I've told you I have been to Fenway. Uh, I have been to... I'm trying to think. Uh, Well, (laughs) I consider it historical. Uh, When we would go up to Canada to go up north to do our construction volunteering, we'd go through Sault Ste. Marie, 
And that's where the uh, Greyhounds hockey team has played for a long, long time. It's okay. not historical. It's just a very old, yeah. kind of decrepit building. So we've been there. Um, and then I believe a county stadium. I would, that's mm-hmm. historic because it no longer exists. Yeah. It is literally history. So I've been there. And other than that, as far as historical stadiums, that's kind of it. Yeah, if we're going down that road, I've been to RFK when it was used as a baseball stadium before Nationals Park was built. So I've been there. But, yeah, I mean, I want to hear your experiences with old stadiums, a trip that maybe you've taken to go see your team. Brewers are out in Boston at Fenway Park for the first time since 2014. Maybe you're out there. Give us a call, 414-677-1250. We'll continue on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals next here on 1250 AM. The Fan. 1250 AM, The Fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Toby Altizer and for Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer alongside Adam Roberts here in the Lakeland University studios, asking you guys about trips that you've maybe taken or stadiums that you've been to that are iconic as the Brewers are out in Boston right now at Fenway Park to take on the Red Sox. Adam McAlvey just tweeted out a couple pictures of Fenway Park and them being there, and he said it's Cheesehead Central out on Jersey Street right now. So it sounds like... The Brewers will be well represented out in Boston for this three-game set against the Red Sox. And this Red Sox team, it's kind of crazy. They are not doing so hot. They are in dead last in the AL East, which I would not have thought I'd be saying at this point in the year. It's a good division, though. It is, but who would have thought that they would be behind the Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody... Either our Odyssey MLB insiders, you, me, or anybody else saw that happen. And that, listen, I follow the Orioles. I keep up with them because that's kind of what everyone in that area does where I grew up. So everyone cheers for both teams generally. I keep up with them. I did not see them being above 500. But you have a first place Milwaukee Brewers team, as crazy as this sounds, a first place Brewers team taking on a last-place Red Sox team, despite the fact that the Red Sox are sitting exactly at 500. That's kind of crazy. 414-677-1250 if you want to hop in on the conversation, or you can tweet us out 1250 AM. The fan again, out at Fenway Park. Maybe you've been to Fenway. Tell us a story about a time that you've gone to see your team or what stadiums do you really want to get to? What stadiums are on your bucket list? Again, 414-677-1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan, let's get out to Court in Tosa. Court, what's going on, man? What's going on, fellas? How we doing today? Good. How you doing, Court? Doing real good, my man. So, last time the Brewers were in Boston, me and seven of my buddies took a trip out there. Epic, most epic trip I've ever taken in my life as far as sports. So, there was a ton of Brewer fans everywhere. Every bar we went in. And every bar I went to, I went to every Brewers fan and was like, okay, on the count of three, we're going to sing Roll Out the Barrel, <laughs> and then we're going to go, here we go, Brewers, here we go, three times with a clap. And it went off without a hitch. It was beautiful. There was no Facebook at this time, so I couldn't record it. <laughs> but it was epic. Brewers fans showed up. We drank them out of Miller Lite the first day we were there. <laughs> Seriously, the next day, though, we're out of middle of the night. We That's got no amazing. more. <laughs> That's amazing. He gave them the BYU yeah, treatment. <laughs> so where'd you sit at? There's eight bandits out there right now to do the same thing. Absolutely. Where'd you, where'd you sit at at Fenway Court? Oh, right by the, uh, right by Pesky Pole. Okay. Down there in the right field corner. That's sweet. I really got to yeah, get out there. there. We were in the upper bleachers right next to the Green Monster for the other game. That's amazing. That's amazing. I do want to get out there and check it out. I'm, I'm kind of getting some FOMO missing out on this thing, man. It's it's kind of crazy. Court, appreciate it, man. No problem. 414-677-1250. You heard it, Brewers fans. If you are out there in Boston, Court just set the bar for you. You got to be out at the bars. You got to be getting all the Brewers fans fired up, get the Brewers team fired up at the game. Drink them out of all the beer they got out there. Whatever you got to do. Get uh, get yourselves going out there. Have a fun time out there in Boston. Toby, really quickly, I would just like to point out, this is more a personal thing for me, that you just used FOMO 
in a sentence yeah, when earlier this week you gave me crap for saying mid. Do you realize how old I am, Adam? You know, sometimes I look at you and I think, dang, he's close to me in age. And then sometimes I look at you and hear you say things like FOMO, and I'm like, oh, well, uh, when do you start college, man? <laughs> Adam, I can get away with it. I am not even close to mid-20s at this point, so I feel like I can get away with it. And yet you've accomplished so much. Look yeah. at you. I don't know if I'd say I've accomplished anything. It's like that, that thing from Hot Ones. Look at us. Yeah, who would who would have thought? Not Look me. At us. Who would have thought? Yeah, I don't know if you could say I've accomplished a whole lot, but I am still young enough that I feel like I can use FOMO. I feel like that's fine. In case you're wondering what FOMO is, the fear of missing out. And I kind of feel that when Adam McAlvey tweeted two pictures of Fenway Park, and it looks fantastic. It looks amazing. Wish I could be there. I want to go and I want to see Fenway taking all the sights experience Boston. I've been to Boston. I've been right outside Fenway Park, and it was fantastic, but the Red Sox were out of town, so I didn't get to go inside Fenway and take in a game. I'd love to do that now. I do want to go on the baseball road trip and check out some of these stadiums I haven't been to. Some of my favorite ones I've been to, though, love Petco Park out in San Diego. Sam was just out there not that long ago, so we'll have to talk with him about that when he comes up before the afternoon show in just a little bit. Petco was fantastic. Dodger Stadium feels so special because it's really interesting that it's an older ballpark, but it doesn't necessarily feel like the history aspect is there for me. But the views are amazing, and even though it's a little bit older of a ballpark, it still feels like something that's really well done in quality. So I I really loved Dodger Stadium, and maybe I just like California. Maybe that's a, yeah. You a were wearing here. a Dodgers jersey not that whoa, long ago. Whoa, 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 whoa! We throwing people under the bus here, Adam? Why? What do you <laughs> have in to, store? We trying to throw people under the bus here? I don't. I don't. People don't need to know that I'm wearing Dodger stuff into the state uh, station. Like, people don't know, need to know that. Well, I could sit here and say that I'm technically wearing a Titans jersey right now. Um, I'm wearing. Stephen Curry clothes today with a Brewers hat. So I don't want to hear Very any of this golden Dodger blue. stuff. Very golden blue. Yeah, so please don't throw me under the bus because now people are going to hate me because I wore Dodger stuff. And I'm wearing my Titans record, jersey from Dragon Ball. For the record, I was wearing a Jackie Robinson t-shirt. So I feel that, like that's I'm allowed. A fair out. That's I, I a fair out. I feel like I'm allowed to wear that. Yes. Jim is in Waukesha. Jim, what's going on, man? How much? How are you? Not too bad. I see that uh, Adam said you've been to Fenway Park. Years ago, my wife and I went out to Boston and we were at a Boston Orioles game. Did we lose Jim? I think we lost Jim. Stairs going there up he is. towards the monster, and some guy says, It's so hot up there, I can't stand it. And he handed me his ticket, and I sat on the monster for free for the oh. like three innings. That's amazing. How's the view from up there? I, I really want to. I, I want to go up there so bad. It is so cool. You, you can see everything. You're looking down at the left fielder, and it's just so cool. Hey Jim, I got a question for you. So on top of that monster, every time I watch a game on TV, it doesn't look like there's a lot of rows of seats between the end of the wall that's over the field and the back of the wall that goes out onto the street. Is it a pretty thin strip of seats up there? There, there are. There's not very many seats up there. So that probably so, can be a little claustrophobic. I, I for think people. it's only like four or five rows, if that, because they. I think they got tables and stuff up there now. I don't know if that's the case when you went, Jim, but I think that's what they have up there now. So I got another story for you. I went to Toronto. Okay. And I got love it. Uh, my wife's boss gave me three tickets to a Maple a Maple Leafs game against the Boston Bruins, <sighs> and. Uh, I'm sitting uh, four rows up on the glass, and I'm sitting next to Ty Domi's dad. <laughs> How was he doing? <laughs> he wasn't fighting up, fans I, in the penalty box, was he? No. He goes, you know who that kid is over there on the ice? And I, I looked, and I go, no idea. He goes, that's my son, Ty Domi. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. I think you just, wow, uh, wow, wow, wow. I think you just made... Adam incredibly frustrated that he hasn't been able to experience that, and you have Jim. <laughs> oh my gosh, it Tears. was amazing. Yeah, hockey so, games are incredible. I would implore you that 
even if you don't like hockey, and yes, I know, we're brought to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. So you're like, oh, you just, no, 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 no. Check out that schedule, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Going to a hockey game in person, I think hockey games might be my favorite experience in terms of, it's not my favorite sport, but in terms of watching it, viewing experience at a game, I don't think anything beats a hockey game. Uh, it, it was fast and crazy game, so... All right, take care, fellas. Appreciate it, Jim. See you, Jim. 414-677-1250 if you want to hop in on the conversation. Fourth row. Yeah. Fourth row up at Maple Leaf Gardens. (laughs) So then, obviously, you want to be going to a Maple Leafs game, and that's going to be on your kind of bucket list. But for you, what kind of stadiums are you like, man, I got to get to that at some point? So other well, so Maple Leaf Gardens is no longer where the Leafs play. They're now at the uh, Air Canada Center or um, whatever sure, it is they're sure. calling it now. Uh, but as far as places I'd like to get out to, I know you mentioned San Francisco. That's I think a high one. But I would like to be I would be that weirdo, probably wearing exactly what I am right now, out in the kayaks fishing for home run balls in McCovey, and probably be that guy with like the the little ham or the FM pocket yep. radio yep. in the kayak yep. with the giant extendo net so I can reach out. And yet I'd still probably jump into the water to go yeah. grab it. No, I love that. That's a, such a unique part about that is you got guys sitting out there in kayaks listening to the game, waiting for home runs. That's fantastic. Imagine if we did that at American Family Field. I know behind the glass no, there's just like a little concrete area, just one yeah. guy sitting in a kayak in the middle of the parking no, lot. No, let's be honest. They'd be sitting out there with double-fisting beers eating a brat. Well, it's funny. Back in the day, so there's a lot of old archived photos of County Stadium, and by that veterans complex that's over in that same area – they used to have bleachers set up for people at the complex to watch Brewer games sort of in a similar vein as the Wrigley bleachers across the street. Yep, It was kind of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of cool when you have stadiums like that. The ones that, well, even you got to think in Toronto too, uh, the Rogers Center. Is it still called the Rogers Center? I think it's called the Rogers Center. Yeah, it was Sky Dome for a little while, and now Rogers has basically bought Canada. Yeah, they have the hotel. Unfortunately, so that you can see everything that happens in that hotel. <laughs> yeah, so make sure you watch what you're doing if you go up there and you're, you know, hanging out in the hotel room while is that the what the kids call on. it, Toby? Yeah, we'll call it hanging out. We'll call it, <laughs> that's that's what we'll call it. That's what we'll call it. Want to continue talking about this with you guys and get some of Sam Schmidt's thoughts coming up in just a little bit. But earlier today, we talked with Andy Herman from the Packaday podcast on the big show. Also want to hear from him and what he had to say as he's taken in training camp. And his guy, Romeo Dobbs, has been really good to start training camp. So we'll talk, we'll hear from him next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM, The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 12.50 a.m., The Fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on a Friday. Toby Altizer alongside Adam Roberts. A very jealous Adam Roberts yeah, after that no last kidding. call. No kidding. Unfortunately, you did not get seats next to Ty Domi's dad. 
I would have had so many questions for him. From the glass. <laughs> so many questions. Namely, what was your son thinking when he started punching a fan who fell over the glass into the penalty box? Oh, you're going to ask Ron Artest. We can ask a lot of people about punching fans, what, the, <laughs> what that's all about. Or is it meta? What is he going by now? I have no uh, idea. I have no idea. I don't know what he's called now. Earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show, Andy Herman joined us to talk about Packers training camp as it's underway. So we got some of his thoughts, and he kind of elaborated on early in the first couple of practices. You saw lots and lots of people talking about one guy, and that's Romeo Dubs. Clearly, I mean, it's worth stating here, no pads on yet, still very early, but uh, you would also be remiss to say, or you know, I, I don't remember a rookie in their first two practices um, having the sort of wow plays that Romeo Dobbs had in his first two practices. So uh, he had a couple plays on his first day, one against KB and Ento, which, okay, it's against KB and Ento, but he absolutely goes up. And this is a literal, you know, mossing of KB and Ento. 50-50 ball at best. In fact, I would argue KB and Ento probably had a better shot at it. And Dobbs just goes up and completely, you know, outmuscles him for the ball, comes down with it, keeps his feet in bounds. And that was sort of his first wild play, but had a couple of other really nice plays on day one as well. And then day two comes along, and Matt LaFleur was asked about Dobbs' first day um, before day two of practice, and he said, you know, yeah, anyone can have one good day of practice. It's about putting back-to-back practices together. Well, lo and behold, Dobbs comes out on day two. The first play is just a quick slant. It's like an eight-yard play, ho-hum, no big deal, right? But on this specific play, the ball is right in between Darnell Savage and Romeo Dobbs. It's a ball from Aaron Rodgers. It is another one of those 50-50 balls, and not only is it a 50-50 ball, but both players full speed collide right into each other, yet Romeo Dobbs is the one that comes down with the ball, hangs onto it through contact, hangs onto it through contact with the ground. So that was another impressive play. And then the big one, red zone, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He's got a one-on-one on the outside, Romeo Dobbs versus Eric Stokes. I don't know if this is just based, you know, predicated based on Reed or if Aaron Rodgers is like, all right, kid, let's see what you got sort of thing. But he looks outside, takes one step, Dobbs releases beautifully off of Stokes. Stokes has really good coverage on the play, has the opportunity to, to really bat the ball away. But once again, Dobbs goes up, makes the play, comes down, feet and bounds, gets the touchdown, and then had another touchdown in the red zone activities against uh, Devondre Campbell as well. So it's early. You know, we have no idea what it's going to translate to when the actual pads come on and when teams start, you know, actually having a plan against them and things like that. But a, a really impressive start for Romeo Dobbs. Nice. Well, and the other thing with these rookies that it's good to see them out on the field. One guy I'm interested about, I do want to hear how the other rookies have been, but haven't heard anything about Kingsley Inigbari in camp so far. Has he been on the field, and what has he been up to? Because he could end up being a big part of this defense as that third edge rusher. Yeah, the third edge rusher is definitely going to be a question mark. So far, Kingsley's been... Uh, relegated to just the second team. The number three and number four edge rushers had, so far uh, have been Tipa Naliai and Ladarius Hamilton. So we haven't seen a ton of run. Randy Ramsey just got back today in the walkthrough practice, and then we haven't seen a ton of Inigbari yet. Watched a couple snaps of Inigbari. You could even tell just going back to OTAs and minicamp, I don't think this is just going to be a plug-and-play for Inigbari. And I think maybe as the season goes along, he could pick up some things and maybe end up being a player that could get some rotational snaps. But you can just tell he needs to put on some functional strength. He's just going to have to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. I'm not saying, again, that at some point this year he can't compete, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a process for Kingsley. And with all the rookies that we have been hearing about, you know, we'll take a wait-and-see approach uh, with Kingsley. But nothing you know, major to report at this point with him. Yeah, Andy, thanks for coming on. It's Leroy Butler. Um, when will the offensive line become an issue with so many guys on PUP? Um, of course, David Bottieri, but how can they, the depth of the offensive line, or because so many people looking at the receivers and they just assume that the offensive line will be fine, um, when do you think that will become an issue? Yeah, I'm right there with you. As soon as we sort of found out that David Bakhtiari was once again going on the pup list, and I know there's, you know, cautious optimism, those famous words that we've been hearing over and over that he's going to be ready at some point. But as soon as David Bakhtiari went on pup, you know, in OTAs and mini camps, you're hearing like, all right, they're splitting snaps between Jake Hansen and Cole Van Landing and Royce Newman and those sort of things, Yash Neisman. All those things you're thinking like, okay, yeah, but once the season comes along, it's going to be David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. So I don't really care about this all that much. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you know Jenkins is probably going to spend some time on the pup list going into the season. You don't know what 
David Bakhtiari's season is going to bring. And now all of a sudden, this becomes issue 1A, because if you go into a season with Bakhtiari and John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, whoever you want at right guard, and then Elton Jenkins at right tackle or some form of that, you feel pretty good because you have your two aces in Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on the field. If all of a sudden, now your best offensive lineman is John Runyon Jr., who's a nice offensive lineman, you don't want him being your best number one guy, and then it's Josh Myers, and then you just start going down from there, right? That is a totally different offensive line. So I'm right there with you. I think they're going to have to get this situated. We've already seen Royce Newman, Cole Van Lannan, Zach Tom, a variety of guys, Yash Naishman, sort of rotating through these positions. I don't think Green Bay knows what they have yet. And is, you know, sort of the old adage, if you don't know what you have, you probably have nothing. Um, I think they're going to have to feel this out and just hope that at some point Bakhtiari and Jenkins come back healthy. Yeah, because that, that would be an issue if you can't protect. So, okay, Devontae Adams gone. Okay, fine. Uh, now you're thinking, where are these targets going to go? So tight end position, I'm not real sure if um, – I think Darren Waller still wants a new contract, and I don't know if they'll make a trade for him. But you got to think about a position – that can really be valuable if you're able to get any kind of mileage. Because, again, we're tra- they're trying to make up all these targets, 169 targets from when Devontae left. So what about the tight end position? Have you been able to – because I'm a big uh, 84 guy, but, I mean, 81 has to step up and be the guy. 89 is your guy who's going to always be there blocking. But, you know, until 85 comes back, it's wide open. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, there's certain roles that I think are pretty much set, right? As you mentioned, you've got Mercedes Lewis. He's going to be your blocking tight end. You know what that's going to be. It's almost like a sixth offensive lineman out there. It is what it is, but he's fantastic at it, and you'll take what he's giving you every day of the week. I think Josiah DeGuire is going to play that H-back role, you know, line up a little bit in the backfield, move around a little bit, try to get some mismatches, maybe 15, 20 snaps per game. That's probably what you're looking at there. And then you've got kind of that true number one tight end. And to me, I don't think there's much, um, you know, competition here in regards to if Tunyon's healthy, it's going to be Tunyon. And if Tunyon's not healthy, it's going to be Tyler Davis. I don't know that anyone else is really going to get too involved in that conversation unless, like you said, they add somebody at the last minute via a trade or something. Uh, but I've been very impressed with Tyler Davis. I'm right there with you. I think uh, he has a future in front of him, whether that's, you know, as a ultimately number three tight end who's getting you 20 catches a season or something like that, or whether he can be more remains to be seen. Uh, but right now I think it's Mercedes as your blocker, Josiah as your H-back. And then Tyler Davis holds down that number one until Tunyon's ready to come back and play, you know, his full slate of snaps uh, whenever that may be. And don't have Davis in that blocking. I mean, I don't want to see him blocking. I mean, I don't want to see him on a defensive end. The guy throws him down. I want to see him going up to see him. He's going to be wide open because they're not going to pay him any attention off of play action. Throw him the ball. You need to have a pass-catching exclusive tight end. It's maybe I don't maybe they'll put Lazard in there. I don't know, but I think uh, Toby has another question. Go ahead, Toby. Yeah, talking with Andy Herman from the Packaday podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Looking at Jordan Love so far, have you seen anything that he's shown some growth this season, or what? What have we seen out of Jordan Love so far? Yeah, I was talking to a couple of people on the sideline about that today. It was it was interesting because. You know, after you're done with practice, you kind of go through and you see like, all right, what has everyone else kind of been saying about practice? Because there's 90 players that are out there, at least right now, like 77 with the injuries. And it's really tough to see everything, right? So I go through all like the beat guys and there's nothing really out there. But like a bunch of the rest of Twitter, Packers Twitter was talking of like how Jordan Love had this amazing first day. And I was talking to a couple of guys. I'm like, did you, did you see this? Because I don't remember Jordan Love having an amazing first day. He's been fine. There, I think the biggest thing that you can say, which I don't know if it's a compliment or not, but he hasn't made any mistakes through three days of practice. Mm-hmm. He looks more in control of the offense. He looks like he knows what he's doing. There hasn't been one play where I can be like, holy cow, Jordan Love had this ridiculous throw. He just came back, planted, and fired a seed down the field. There hasn't been anything like that. The closest thing I can come to it was a bootleg in red zone uh, where he uh, had a really nice play action fake, bootleg to his left, and then just kind of, uh, it was only like a three-yard pass, but had this beautiful touch pass where he just kind of wafted it right over the defender to the waiting arms, I think, of Tyler Davis in the end zone. Um, but there, it just kind of been mostly nondescript, but no mistakes, no interceptions, no turnovers, no anything like that. Um, I was kind of commenting, to me, in his first year, that was basically just like a redshirt year. He didn't do anything. He didn't get a training camp. He didn't get an OTAs. He didn't get anything like that. No preseason because of the COVID season. Last year, to me, I know he was sort of masquerading as a number two QB, but he almost he always looked more of like a number three QB to me last year. This is the first time where I've at least been watching him and be like, 
or he has enough command and control of the offense that he at least looks like a number two. Now, whether that's, you know, the 33rd best quarterback or the 64th best quarterback, I'm not sure yet. That'll remain to be seen, but at least he's starting to show signs that he could be a potential, you know, backup this season and actually be uh, competent in that role. And how confident does, uh, you know, we heard some cuts from Aaron Rodgers and some of the clips that he talked about at his locker after the first practice. How confident does everyone seem to be that Alan Lazard can step up and be a number one wide receiver this season? Oh, boy. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, boy. I think, uh, well, the quarterback I, mentioned his name a couple of times, Andy. I know. I agree. That's obviously got to be a good sign for him, right? <laughs> That's a good sign. Yeah, he, he had a really nice first day of practice, too. Uh, him and Dobbs were my top two players of practice on day one. Nice. You could tell that Rodgers was looking to him as the number one. So whether or not he's a like true, you know, quote-unquote number one wide receiver, that can certainly be debatable. Uh, but it certainly seems like he's going to be the de facto number one in this offense when, you know, everyone's out there and healthy. Rodgers is looking his way a ton. He looks good. He looks very well in shape. I know it's like everyone's in the best shape of their life season, but he looks fantastic. He's been making some really good catches. Um, and I don't know, like whether that means he's going to evolve into this incredible number one wide receiver. He's just going to be, you know, good to really good. I, I would lean towards the latter, but he's going to have a big role in this offense. And like I said, I think he's going to be the de facto number one unless, again, something crazy happens where they add somebody at the last minute. Okay, now I got a tough question for you. Okay, because now all three of these guys got extensions, and I'm glad. I've been wanting LaFleur to get an extension a long time ago. They didn't announce any numbers. I don't really care about that. That's rich folks' problem, how much people make. We ain't making it, so I don't really care. As long as they're going to be here. But my question is, Andy, in this kitchen is going to be different because Devontae is gone. You can't serve that anymore. It was fantastic. But I need to create a new meal. Now, how is this going to work? Tom Clemens, Stenovich, the head coach, and Aaron Rodgers. Because we all got to agree this is a new system. Because Aaron, I think, said Devontae had 80% of the playbook. I don't know if that's right. It was just, you know, kind of speaking. In your opinion, how's this going to work? Because remember, Tom Clemens was with um, McCarthy's. So he had to come in and learn this offense and see what, you know, maybe they'll give him something like passing, third down passing. I don't know. How do you think this is going to work? Or you think, which I think it's going to go. Matt LaFleur finally went on and said to his wife, you know, I'm finally going to get a chance to run my offense and I don't have to worry about forcing it to 17. Yeah, where I would lean on this is they had a really brilliant offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett and a really great quarterback coach in Luke Getze that both got promotions. They replaced both of those guys. And even with the brilliance of Getze and Hackett and deservingly getting promotions on their end, to me, this is a two-person offensive system, and that's Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. And there's always going to be some give and take of what Aaron wants to run, and there's going to be some give and take in what Matt LaFleur wants to run. I'm of the belief that this team is best and this offense has been at its best when Matt LaFleur's system is getting run and Aaron Rodgers is sort of being the point guard, distributing the ball, getting the ball out of his hands, making his checks at the line of scrimmage where need be. To me, that's when it's been his most efficient. I know all the stats out there of like, well, the Packers are 7-0 and putting 30-some points per game or whatever it is when Devontae Adams is out. I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that this team is better without Devontae Adams, but I think we have seen them be a little bit more you know, judicious in distributing the football and working the mismatches and finding out who can get open on their specific defender. And I think that's where Matt LaFleur and his offense is really brilliant. And I think if we can see more of that this season, and again, Rodgers sort of being that distributor and not just looking to get 20 targets per game for Devontae Adams, I think there can be a way that that works, assuming that the defense is as advertised and the special teams is in a complete unmitigated nightmare, worst special teams of all time. If you get those two things with maybe a slight downtick in the offensive production, I think you have a new recipe for success. And yes, there's different cooks in the kitchen. There's no Devontae Adams. You're maybe your best flavor you had going, but I think there's still enough here to be super successful. And I think something had to change, right? Because you had the best receiver in football, the best quarterback in football for three straight seasons, and they want to combine two playoff games. So that wasn't working. They had to try something different. They go on the defensive run, and we'll see if they can be a little bit better this season when it actually comes to push and shove in the playoffs. There you heard from Andy Herman on the Pack-A-Day podcast. Joined us on the Wendy's Big Show a little bit earlier today. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 1250 AM. The fam, we're going to take a quick break here. Again, I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Robertson joining us in just a in just a few minutes to talk about what's coming up on the Fan Afternoon Show. Sam Schmitz will be with us 
to preview what's coming up just after Sparky's Midday Madness. So keep it tuned right here to 1250 AM, The Fan. 1250 AM, The Fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts. And joining us now, getting ready for the Fan Afternoon Show, is Sam Schmidt. Sam, what's going on, dude? Nothing much. I'm uh, very, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because ever since I returned from San Diego and my sister's wedding, I just, I've needed like a weekend to myself. So I'm just, I'm very looking forward to the weekend, yes. but we have a very exciting show today. Today's going to be very fun for a Friday. So obviously per usual on Fridays, we have our guy, Ryan Horvath of BetMGM tonight okay, and yeah. the BetMGM MLB podcast. He'll join us at 345. I want to obviously just talk a tad bit about, you know, Shohei Otani, Juan Soto, because, I mean, what at this point, what is there to talk about you know, with the Brewers with well, him and all and that? Some of the reports today with Soto are that the Nationals are going to make a final offer, and if he says no, he will get traded. That'll be interesting. We'll see how that turns out. And then, obviously, majority of the conversation with Horvath is going to be about Packers yeah. and, and training camp Aaron and Rogers. position groups and stuff like that. I, I guess so, because, look, I mean, the guys in the morning with him, they got into it about whether or not he should play in the preseason. What do you Ad, think? Adam was texting me, too, like, hey, we should find time to – you know, talk about starters playing in the preseason and they don't need to play the, the reason. Yeah. The, the reason I didn't respond Adam is because my thing on the preseason is, is the same as every year. These guys don't need preseason no. time. One, one pass from Aaron Rodgers to Romeo dubs is not going to change their chemistry for the rest of their lives. I mean, at the end of the day, last year, the Packers, you know, none of them really play in the preseason. They get blown out by the saints in week one and they end up getting the one seed in the playoffs yep. with, no, you know, knows Darius Smith and Jair Alexander majority of the year. And on top of that, like I get, you know, you want Aaron Rodgers to play with the rookie wide receivers and all that. But at the end of the day, these teams get more out of joint practices than they do in the preseason. Well, and I brought it up with Leroy. When you play in a preseason game, there is no such thing as the red jersey so that you yeah. can't hit them. When you play in a joint practice against the Saints... They'll throw the red jersey on Aaron Rodgers. He'll get in work against another team, right. and he never has to worry about getting hit. So that's that's where I stand on the preseason stuff and all that. And that's good. I thought you just left me on red. No, nah, I just I I can't stand it. it's it's low hanging fruit in my opinion. I just don't want to talk about that stuff. But I, what I do want to talk Come about low hanging fruit. That's how we do this. What that's I, how we do this business. This is this may be low hanging fruit, but I haven't been able to talk about the Packers defense all week because okay. it's all been you know David Bakhtiari and the wide receivers and stuff like that yeah. and. You know, uh, Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekinst, and Russ Ball getting extensions the time that we're literally going to talk about the Packers. So I haven't gotten to the defense, but I want to, you know, ask you guys. Obviously, we put a poll up on 1250 and the fan that we'll check throughout the, you know, time of the show as well. Toby, fill in the blank. This Packers defense will be a top blank defense in the NFL. The top defense in the NFL. All right. That is one of our options. We have top 15, top 10, top five, best in the NFL. I'll give you guys my answer in a little bit. We'll also talk about which Packer do you think is going to surprise people in the season? Um, Quay Walker. Quay Walker. I have a couple for defense and offense. I'll get into that. We'll talk about that specifically after we're done talking with Rami Makhlouf. Oh, Return of the Mac. Rami Makhlouf is back. And we booked him today specifically for draft mockery. But, you know, Adam and I, we realized we, after the show um, yesterday, we tuned into a little bit for his show out in Sacramento, Cattles and Rami on Sacktown Sports. And we realized something. Rami brought draft mockery with him to Sacramento. Oh, he did. Yeah. So I was like, why haven't why haven't I Is gotten... Night's Gourmet Popcorn sponsoring them out in Sacktown? We'll talk We're about it. We're doing better. They have no sponsors. Oh. And I know for damn sure they don't have a theme song too, sung by Ooh, Bart Winkler. No. So, it's just radio silence whenever they're not talking. We'll give Rami, you know, some crap about draft mockery. We got to talk <laughs> about Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, yeah, especially with yeah. the, you know, the clause in Kyler Murray's contract that was so embarrassing that it had to get redacted from his oh contract. Um, Never happened. Lot, lots to talk Fiction. about. And on top of that, the real reason why we booked Rami Makhlouf today is because, drumroll please, Delavadova, Matthew Delavadova signed with the Sacramento Let's Kings. Let's go. The yes. real reason. Our Kings insider, Rami right. Maklaw, <laughs> breaking down why he's going to the Kings. Matthew so, Delavadova. That'll be back fun. Back in the NBA. I miss my guy, Rami, and that'll be a lot of fun talking to him around the top of the hour because Lord knows how long we're going to go with Horvat. <laughs> but after Horvat, we'll talk with Rami Maklaw. We'll do Night's Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery, and then we'll do. Pick a lane at 5 o'clock. We'll give you guys another shot to win four free Wisconsin State Fair tickets. And then 5.30, we'll also talk Packers with Pro Football Focus lead analyst Sam Munson. 
There you Loaded go. show today. Loaded show today. Lots of fun, lots of fun. I did want to ask you real quick, because we were talking about this, what stadiums were on your bucket list that you got to get to? Because the Brewers out at Fenway Park, I mentioned that I love Petco Park and some mm-hmm. of these places that I've been. Yeah. Is there a place that you really need to get to go to? I really miss when I was in like high school and middle school, my dad, he used to, before I used to go to other stadiums with him, every summer like he would go on a road trip with his friends and go to a different ballpark. So he's been to a ton, but... Like in middle school and high school, he started taking me and my sisters. It was like kind of our summer vacation. We go to a brewery game at a different ballpark every summer. But that kind of stopped once we all get got into college yeah. and we all got older with jobs and stuff like that. So I've gone to probably about um, nine or 12 stadiums at this point. Um, but I still, at this point, we've gone to like all the Midwest ones. And like the furthest we've gone is like Pittsburgh. Um, so now it's like, it's getting harder and harder to yeah, go got, to like new stadiums. It's a trip now. But the the ones that I still want to go to, the ones that are number one on my list, are the ones that are on like both coasts of the United States. Mm-hmm. Number one, obviously, is where the Brewers will be playing tonight, Fenway, Fenway Park, because I mean, obviously, it's the oldest stadium. But on top of that, like I've been to Wrigley, and I didn't get that like old historic feel. Like it definitely felt like an old ballpark, and you yeah. definitely realize like it's one of the oldest ones in all you know baseball history. But it didn't feel cool to me like Wrigley Field. Maybe it's the fact that it's where the Cubs play. Maybe it's the fact that when I went like there, the that's when the, they did all the renovations. So it felt like a little more modern than it probably was a few gotcha. years before that. But Fenway is definitely number one on mine just because of the history. And on top of that, Fenway is actually a really cool stadium. Yeah, I mean, it's Fenway, Green Monster, man. stuff so like that. unique. Right. So Fenway is number one. But I think that's because of history reasons. Number two on my list is Oracle Park. Yes, yeah, San Francisco. We I just think that one. I think that's the most beautiful ballpark yep. in all of baseball. So probably number one would be Fenway, two would be Oracle Park, and then number three, I feel like Dodger Stadium's got to be on everybody's it's amazing. list. Right. It's so amazing. Th- pretty much I've gone to San Diego, obviously, because my sister lives out there. We just visited her for her wedding and all that. So we've been to Petco Field twice, or Petco Park. I keep on saying field. I don't know why. But we got to get to the other... Um, stadiums out there in california one of these days but yeah those are those are the three that are really on my bucket list yeah it's amazing make sure you check out the brewers they take on the red sox tonight make sure you keep it tuned right here to 1250 a.m the fan sam schmitz comes up next enjoy your weekend adios okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.